Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everyone. Tim Kitzer here from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. And you're listening to Growing Up the Same with Trayvon Edwards and Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka. And now here's your starting lineup. Trayvon Edwards, Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka! Our special guest is Trayvon Free, uh, a longtime buddy of mine from high school, from middle school to the basketball courts to whatever. We're going to talk about all that stuff. What's going on, Trey? What's going on, man? Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah. Now, you a real Trey, too. That's the thing that a lot of people don't know. You're not a TRE. You're not, you know, saying all this other stuff. We both are Trayvons in, from the same city. And went to pretty much every school together. <laughs> so this is going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been following each other around for a long time, man. Right. <laughs> Trevon Free is a two-time Emmy-winning writer and Oscar-nominated filmmaker for the film Two Distant Strangers, which is currently streaming on Netflix. And now it's time for the one of the two with Jay Skills. The oldest pair of shoes you got or the newest pair of shoes you got? Uh, the newest. Daniel Kalua or Lakeith Stanfield? Oh, that's... I I know Lakeith, so I'm going to say Lakeith. <laughs> Luke Skywalker or Han Solo? Oh. oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to go Luke. 
Candles or incense? Oh, candles all day. Spike Lee or John Singleton? Ooh, controversy. Uh, I'm going to go Spike, man. Casino Royale or GoldenEye? Casino Royale. Jackie Brown or Pulp Fiction? Ooh, y'all wrong for that. Y'all know my y'all know one of my producers made both of those movies. <laughs> now who? Lawrence? Lawrence? Lawrence Bender, man. Lawrence Bender produced your, your movies? Yeah, man. That's dope. Yeah, I, I mean, I love what, what his, his work. Um, Pulp Fiction or Jackie Brown? Um, fuck. Um, I'm going to say Pulp Fiction. Family Guy or The Simpsons? Family Guy. South Park or Rick and Morty? South Park. James Baldwin or Langston Hughes? Baldwin. Obama or Michael Jordan? <laughs> Yo, wrong. Obama or Michael Jordan? Oh my God. Well, I guess I don't own 200 pairs of Obamas. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have to go with Michael Jordan. Damn, that's a good that's a good one, man. That's hard. Uh, 1999 or All American Badass? Um Oh man. Oh, that's tough, man. I'm going to go with 99 cuz that's like you know, that's the that's where that's where the shit begins, you know? That's where like yeah, that's what gets you to American Badass, right? Yeah, no, that that was that was my pick as well. <laughs> Hair love or dear basketball? Hair love. I'm sorry, I love you, Kobe, but yeah, that was a that was a. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't better than Hair Love to me, but it was cool. Yeah, DiCaprio or Pacino? Mm, I'm gonna go Pacino. That's close. It's a close. It's close, but I'm gonna go Pacino. Denzel or De Niro? Damn, bro. Have you seen Godfather Two, man? Of course. That's my <laughs> one of my favorite movies. Next to Malcolm X, that would be my second favorite movie. Oh man. Um, so I, well, in my mind, I'm going Godfather Two or Training Day. That's what my brain is doing right now. Yeah. See, I would. I would. Yeah, I'm going Malcolm X. So that's my one and my two right there. Um. I'm a man. That's hard, bro. It's De Niro <laughs> or Denzel. Yeah. Oh man, I I can't. It's hard for me to shake how good Godfather Two is, man. Yeah, it's an impeccable film. Is fuck. All right, I'm a, I'm because of because I think Godfather Two is a much better movie than Training Day. Yeah. Which they both won Oscars for. I'm going to go with Godfather. I'm going to go with De Niro on this. All right. Cat Williams or Mike Epps? Cat. Dave Chappelle or Eddie Murphy? Ooh. Um, because Eddie only has two specials, I'm going to go with Dave. Will Smith or Jamie Foxx? Um... Will or Jamie? What did you like better, Fresh Prince or Jamie Foxx show? <laughs> Fresh Prince, but I like Jamie's stand-up. I think Jamie's got, I mean, they all, obviously are both multi-talented, 
So it's, I, a, it's a tough. Yeah, I got. I think I'm gonna go with Jamie at the festival. I feel like Jamie on that one. Yeah, writing or directing. <clears throat> I would say writing because one thing COVID definitely taught me is of all the things that we do, if a pandemic shut the world down, you can keep writing and keep getting paid for it. Right, right. <laughs> there were some socially distanced shows that came out, though. <laughs> in the yeah, midst. but there was like five or six months where, like, I was getting paid to write and nobody was getting paid to direct. <laughs> no, that's true. I said I was one of the motherfuckers who wasn't getting paid to direct. <laughs> uh, blonde or Channel Orange? Um, fuck. <laughs> you gonna but say that a lot <laughs> this is some selfies choice uh, yeah. blonde or channel horn this is hard because i'm a ginormous frank ocean fan like i'm working on projects and all kind of shit involving his music yeah um fuck blonde or channel this shouldn't even be a choice <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I love when I get people like this. <laughs> Damn it. Both of these albums are like pretty near perfect. Near perfect. Yeah. I'm going to go Channel Orange because yeah. it's just, while Blonde is incredible, Channel Orange is a moment, man. It was just like, it's those, from top to bottom uh, to have like Forrest Gump and Super Rich Kids on the same album. Like, yeah. it's. It's, yeah, it's, it was the closest thing to uh, miseducation for me, for for like, yeah, a, like artist. I, and I probably listen to Channel Orange regularly because I have my own Frank Ocean playlist that I made myself that I go to all yeah. the time. So, and Channel Orange is heavy on it. Yeah, a shout out to Endless though, because I play the fuck out of Endless. I love yeah. it. <laughs> um, bands or racks? Racks. Atlanta or Black Panther? Atlanta, the TV show? Yeah. Or the movie? Oh, Jesus. Atlanta. Martin or The Wire? The Wire. Adidas or Nike? Checks over stripes. <laughs> Xbox or PlayStation? PlayStation. Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat? Ooh, Mortal Kombat. Sweats or shorts? You said sweats? Sweats or shorts. Sweats. Winning an Oscar or having a feature on Netflix? Oh, uh, shit, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you if you remember these colognes, but Jean-Paul Gaultier or Aqua DiGio? Oh, I definitely know those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I had both of them. I'm going to go with Aqua Joe though. Yeah, that was fire. Uh, <laughs> USC Film School or YouTube University? Oh, man. You know, I feel like YouTube University is so much more accessible to people. And I still learn a lot from YouTube University, and I did not go to film school. So mm -hmm. I'm going to go. I'm going to shout out to YouTube University. Kendrick or Dr. Dre? Kendrick. Good Kid, Mad City, or The Chronic? <laughs> oh, man. That is crazy. <laughs> um, good Kid, Mad 
You know what? I'm going to go with the chronic because I feel like the chronic paved the way for good kid, Mad City. That's right. Good answer. <laughs> it's darkest and hell is hot or flesh in my flesh, blood in my blood. Mm. Maybe. Think about the one you played the most at Dominguez. I know, right? I'm like, I literally went back. I'm like, what did I? Um, I think. I think dark. I think dark and hell is hot. Yeah, for sure. Um, Ice Cube or Snoop? Cube. South Central or Higher Learning? Whew. Um, Higher Learning. New Jack City or New York Undercover? New Jack City. Dorsey or Crenshaw? (laughs) <laughs> who do we beat the most right <laughs> i mean definitely smoking dorsey but smoking on that dorsey pack <laughs> uh probably uh i'll go with the shaw centennial or king drew oh i actually went I, to centennial I, for like two weeks another pack that was smoked <laughs> <laughs> uh my sister went to King Drew. Um, oh, man, the 10 or King Drew? I'm going to go with the 10. Carson or Linwood? Carson. Better not say Linwood ever. <laughs> <laughs> Film or digital? Oh, man. that's Film is so beautiful. It's so classic. Digital is so freeing. Um um, are we talking about cameras or 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 movies? Um, I mean that that's kind of two separate questions. So if you want if you want to give me an answer for each, um, in a in the in the best in the best world in a good world, you could I would say shooting on film is 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 incredible. Yeah, but as far as movies are concerned as far as you know modern filmmaking and photography i mean i cut my teeth on digital so yeah um i go i'll give digital i'll give digital props old school cars or new cars old time or money time art or love damn Art or love? Aren't they one in the same? <laughs> it could be. It could be. Um, love. Pizza or ice cream? Ooh. Shit, that's hard. I'm going to go with pizza. Doing the laundry or doing the dishes? Laundry. Fucking hate doing the dishes. <laughs> Godzilla or King Kong? Um, I I'm gonna go with Kong. I actually rooted for Kong in the movie too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Me too. I Me think. too. Most of us. <laughs> uh, money trees or palm trees? Um, money trees, man. <laughs> All eyes on me or life after death? Ooh. All eyes on me are life after death. 
Damn. All right, I'm going to piss off people on the West Coast. I'm going to say Life After Death. It's the best double album of all time, man. I don't. It isn't it. Because I love Tupac so much. But yeah. I mean. That album was, bro, that album is stupid. Yeah, that's that's a crazy piece of work that he did there. Um, and my last question, Indica or Sativa? Um, I'm probably more, I, I fuck with Sativa more because I need to chill out. Like, So I'm probably like more in the Sativa range. I feel it. Well, yeah, that was the one of the two. Squeaky doors, clogs, sinks, finicky engines. When things break around the house, you take care of it. However, when something's off in the bedroom, you just try not to think about it. Come on, man. What are you waiting for? That's a problem that needs to be fixed. So take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, it ships you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash P-O-M and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M right now and you'll get $15 off your first month. It's really time to take care of your ED. Remember, get started today. You'll save $15 on your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. At least this is one of those fun interviews for you, man, this week. I was yeah. <laughs> trying to try to make it real fun for you, bro. Um, so we're going to take a blast from the past and hop into DeLorean. Um, I like saying that. I said that last episode. So that's, that's kind of cool, man. Cause we, that's your new thing. <laughs> it's my new thing, man. It's been sticking, man. And uh, we're going we're gonna to go uh, pick up young Trey. Uh, tell me your relationship with basketball. Today or period? No, back then. Oh, um, basketball was like my wife at the time. Like it was, it was everything, man. It was like, it consumed my life like 24 seven. It was the pursuit of the almighty scholarship. Um, and the only way to do that was to be playing basketball when you weren't doing when you weren't asleep basically or in class it was like hooping was everything so you know we all had hoop dreams and wanted to go pro and obviously like one percent of people get to do that but um no man it was it, it it shaped me so much even beyond just the the dreams and aspirations because you know you learn so much about you know so many life skills not just playing on the team, but playing on really good teams, playing around really good coaches and players. So, yeah, it was like it was like a a marriage, man. Yeah, man. Uh, just to go into a little further, you know, you were a very tall kid for your age at that particular yeah. time. Uh, when did you know that you wanted to play basketball? Like, like, hey, I want to pursue this into high school. Um. It was probably like around nine or 10 when like I when everybody realized I was bigger than everybody and they were like, 
you should you should do this and then i started uh started playing and i was like oh it's actually pretty fun um and i had some really good coaches in those early early young days um that made it you know easy for me to to learn the game and see the possibilities of where it could take me and that was that was also really like dope to know that this game could take me all over the world if it, if it wanted to and um i think that was a big part of it that was the coach aubrey <laughs> <laughs> um so we met around like 13 14 years old um yeah. your name was also trayvon you know we both go by trevon kind of now <laughs> just because white people mess it up all the time right. um but back when we were trayvon's uh this is how I actually got my nickname. Uh, Trey, we are the same age. We're two months apart. Trayvon is six foot seven. I'm six foot one. But back then I was about five, six, five, seven. And Trey was still six foot seven. <laughs> and a lot of people used to call me little Trey. And he was always known as big Trey. But I just did not like being called little Trey. Like it wasn't <laughs> like a little man thing or nothing like that. But I was just like, I'm older than him. So why do I have to be little? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but it got to a point where, you know, we, we played freshman basketball together. We got a chance, you know, in sophomore. And then obviously after our coach was, you know, in a little situation, we split ways and, you know, Trey kind of did his free agent thing and not audition we had all audition for different schools at that particular right. time it right. was a, it was a great experience but i used to go as trey black and then it got to a point where trey black was actually a, a disc jockey for 92.3 to beat <laughs> i had to switch it up and go to black trey and yeah me and trey t free uh got really close you know what i'm saying like we used to ditch school and go to your house and eat i don't know if your mom gonna be listening to this you know what i said but we would go to trey, trey's house he lived by the school we go get these burritos the teriyaki burritos oh, um we like that we like the same girl you know what i'm saying i ain't gonna put her name out there but like she was she was icy back then we like the same girl which one um, of y'all got her I think we both kind of dated her at one point in time. Like, it, <laughs> so it was like, like, it was like yeah. a weird window or like, but it was never like a beef over her. You feel me? Like it was just right. kind of like, all right, well now I don't go with him no more. I go with you now. And it's just like, all right, whatever. Cool. Whatever. Um, <laughs> <a> trait fetish. <laughs> something like that. But um, just watching, you know, Trey obviously succeed and, you know, getting a basketball scholarship going to, you know, Long Beach State, and then I, you know, end up going out, out back to the South and things of that nature. We lost contact, and I bumped into him in like 2008, 2009, right? I, we both had just finished up in college, and you know, he's like, "Yo, you know, uh, I'm working at Target." You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, you know, I'm doing my thing, which ain't nothing, you know, he's making an honest living, but that wasn't his end game. You know what I'm saying? So. After that, he's like, yo, I'm, you know, I'm doing this, that, and the third, and you can pick up off this story, but I'm going to fast forward a little bit where I bump into you into, uh, in 2016 uh, fall, and you're out here in New York. Yeah. And 
it's just crazy because I never knew anything about your writing life. You know what I mean? And we could, right. we could, we could, we could go into what's your relationship with writing and then get to where target to New York. Yeah. I mean, it was, now I've been, I have been writing forever. It just wasn't a thing that I never thought of as a potential career. And it was like, once I got, uh, once I graduated college, you know, I was doing stand-up. I was a manager at Target. Forgot about the stand-up. Yeah. Forgot about the stand-up. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember seeing pictures on Facebook. And I get it now because I'm kind of in the same situation where you see someone that you know and you're viewing them from a space that you never really kind of got them in. And I'm like, is Trey funny? Like, <laughs> and it's like, it's a different, it's a different reception too. Cause you look at it like, you know, it's a different wittiness. It's a, a crowd control. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. You could be funny in a joke circle, but you also have to be able to write it and carry on right. and, and entertain. So you were, you, you know, you were doing stand up, and then you're at Target, which yeah. we bumped into each other. Yeah. And once I like, I kind of knew like Target wasn't going to be the job that would also allow me to do these other things the way I wanted to do them or pursue them in that way, because it just required too much time. And so once I, I started pursuing comedy and writing, just like full time, just like, I just, I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to make money, it has to come from something in the industry, something that is connected to, you know, the, the thing I actually want to do, whether it's like being a PA or whatever the case may be. Like, I just need to make money around the people I need, I want to work with and, um, you know, doing something close to what I actually want to do. And so once I started chasing that, you know, like I got hired at the Daily Show um, in New York. And that was like what changed everything because now I'm writing on like one of the top shows on TV, like ever, like it's like on every greatest TV show list. And I'm like living this life-changing experience. Like I'm like, I went from broke and on unemployment to now making, you know, mid six figures on a TV show. And um, it was just such a like jarring experience to be like, poured into the vortex of all the things the daily show make possible for you and so I got to live in New York which is what I always wanted to do like I live in New York and I can afford stuff which is like everybody's challenge in New York which is like you either rich or you broke is not a lot of people in the middle <laughs> and uh so I was having I was having the best time man like I got to move to this new amazing city and, and I literally could do pretty much whatever I wanted. And um, that was just like the best, like that five year window of getting there was tough, but like, it was the best payoff. It was the ultimate like reward for how what was, I was doing. How, how was it? Like, what was your transition to getting on the show? Like, did somebody discover you? Did you just apply? What, like, what yeah, was that? I, I submitted, I submitted to the show and they had, they had an opening for a writing opening. And I knew a guy who used to write there and he put me on the list to submit because, excuse me, when they first, um, 
you, whenever there's an opening there, the kind of first rollout is they ask the writers who are already there, like, yo, do you know anybody who'd be good before we cast a wide net and get a bunch of scripts that we don't like? Um, and so I got in on the, like, the friends list, basically, like, somebody was like, oh, this dude might be a good, you know, he's funny, like, maybe you see if he, you know, let him submit, see what happens. And so I ended up on the list of people to submit. It was like 100 people. Um, and they hired two writers and I was one of them. Wow. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. So what what was the what was your feeling like on the run up to that? Was it like you thought you were going to get it? Was it like, oh, I don't I don't know if this, you know, if I have a chance. What was your feeling? It was crazy because when I like, it was a two process, two step submission, like the first uh two-week process you had to write three scripts and if you made it to the second round you had to write one script in 24 hours instead of having two weeks and you did it with you know they picked the topic for you in that second round and so when I made it to the second round I was like oh shoot I might actually have a shot like I might there's a chance I'd actually like might get this job and what's crazy about it is initially they were only looking to hire one writer and I came in second place to that person. And, you know, she had a, a, a an advantage cause she worked there already in a different department. So, you know, she, she had resources and relationships that I didn't have. And it's like, I could totally understand. Like if you pick in between somebody you already know who already works for you and a stranger and it's that close, it makes sense to pick the person, you know, um, and so naturally they picked her, but they didn't want to not pick me. And so um, a couple of weeks went by after they told me like how close I came. And then they asked me to come out to New York and meet with John and he ended up offering me a job. Like they just made room for me. And yeah, that's crazy. That was like the most amazing thing. So were you there when when the transition happened from John and Trevor? Yeah. What was that like? Well, it, I, it was probably the easiest for me out of everybody because I was already friends with Trevor. Yeah. Like, me and Trevor were already cool. And like we were, were already like hanging out and shit when he was just a correspondent on the show coming to town every now and then. And um, so once he got the job, like... I became like one of his like right hand men in, in, in the sense of like him uh, helping him usher in his vision of the show. It was like it was difficult for a lot of people, but it was it was it was easy for me because we were already aligned. Right. Yeah. They say, you know, it's all about relationships in Hollywood. And definitely in that position, when you're a writer and you're friends with the talent, <laughs> you yeah. can't get a better relationship than that. Yeah, that's, dope. that's very dope. So, yeah, so yeah. how did so then how did you is is this your first uh like I guess big project that you've released as a director or have you been directing in accordance with your writing for a while as well? I've directed a couple of Nike commercials before this. This is the first mm -hmm. film that I've directed, um, and it was like partly an exercise in trying to demonstrate that, you know, ability, like to show people almost like a visual resume of like, 
here's what I can do if you let me direct something and beyond commercials. Um, and so I was hopeful for this to be anything like close to what it's become. And I mean, even right before this, I was on a call to direct a show, an episode of a show uh, for like Fox and Disney. So um, it's turned into just like people being like, adding me to their director slate and wanting me to, to you know, do stuff for their networks. How do you, how do you feel your, your journey has been? We had another, uh, one of my friends on here, Kyle Maddox, who's kind of has a similar trajectory to you where he's very acclaimed, you know, from, uh, from LA young, young cat. And he's getting a lot of opportunities right now. And I remember seeing him, you know what I'm saying? When he was just starting out and he had a, you know, just, he was following everybody around with his camera and all that. And now to see him where he is getting all these awards and acclaim and uh, opportunities to direct films and stuff is really dope to see. How do you feel about your journey coming from even back in playing basketball and now looking where you are today? I mean, a lot of times I'm like, when I actually stop working and just take the macro look at everything, I'm surprised by like, I look at all the moments where all it takes is one thing to happen differently. And like, none of this happens <laughs> or maybe yeah. it happens in an entirely different way that I can't conceive of. Cause it happened this way. And I know it happened this way, but I mean, looking at the totality of the journey, like it feels like just a series of blessings, man. Like just doing the work, wanting to do the work and um, just, meeting the opportunities when they came and being ready for them and and that translating into you know getting here and being able to do something like this which is still like it still blows my mind that like you know like reading articles and newspapers and seeing people picking us as like you know the the winner for the oscar next week and who they think right that to me is like mind blowing where I'm like, I it could not have conceived last year of being in this position right now. Like right. I never thought coming out of a pandemic nine months from writing a script that I will be thought of as a front runner for an Oscar. Like that just blows my mind <laughs> every right. time I think about it. And so, you know, I don't take it lightly at all. I'm so like, such a humbling experience to to even know that that's possible and so it's just it's just been amazing man so connecting that back to your childhood what were some of your favorite movies growing up um i mean i've dude i I watched so many different movies i loved like i loved action movies i loved uh I mean, I was watching stuff I had no business watching um, yeah. at, at that age. Um, I would watch everything from like your Back to the Futures and your um, and your Godfathers and your uh, Love and Basketballs and uh, Brown Sugar, like all the stuff that like it was such a wide variety because no one controlled what I watched that I got right. to watch everything on a spectrum like that versus you know. My mom took me to see Malcolm X in the theater. Right. 
And um, I just had an exposure to film and television in a way that most kids don't. Um, so what was some of the stuff that you didn't have any business watching? Because you, you gave me a lot of safe <laughs> titles in that list. I mean, a kid definitely probably shouldn't be watching movies like The Godfather or uh, stuff like that. But um, I thought you was going to give I would me. Let I, was Mike like, I was watching like Players Club. Yeah, I was watching, watching, watching movies honestly strictly for nudity. I was watching <laughs> a little horny nigga, man. <laughs> I was watching Species 2. I was watching like random little movies I knew had some titties in there. Sick of all. I had the black box. Did y'all have a black box back in the day? Yeah, man. Spice oh, yeah. Channel, man. Channel 54. Yeah, he was on the Spice Channel, the hot network. Doing my late night, my late night cable creeping. <laughs> yeah. yeah looking at like real was it real sex on hbo real that- sex that was <laughs> yeah they had some wild scenes on that joint, man <laughs> um trey we got one last topic for you um what's your relationship with video games i love video game i played video games so much all the way through college and then like life just got in the way even actually actually you know post-college I think my video games really died down once I left the Daily Show because I just had so much less time. Like when I was working there, you know, that job is, that job happens between nine and six. And so when you're outside of there and you're just a writer there, you don't have to think about work very much. You kind of do whatever you want. So it's easy to, you know, play video games and go hang out with your friends and all that kind of stuff. And I'm a big fan of first person shooters. Like I love first person shooters. And so I would play, I would burn through a game in like a week if or, or less if I could put enough hours in on it. Um, but now, and it was, it's such a calming thing. It's like a relaxing thing for me. Like I get to take my mind off of everything else and play the game. And it's something I miss a lot because now that, I'm doing multiple things, show running, directing, writing, producing, and it takes up so much time to do all of those things that I don't have as much time to play anymore as I, as I wish. And I'm, I'm still trying to get a PS5 and, and work that into my life and then just try to like work video games back in. Um, like I even have a hard time watching movies now because I just don't have a lot of time. Um, I have to like schedule movie watching, which is yeah, crazy. I'm, I'm at that point in life right now too, bro. Like if it's yeah. not assigned to like the topic of the podcast, <laughs> I'm pretty much not watching it, bro. It's just, it's yeah. not to that point. It, it's got yeah. to that point. Yeah. It makes it tough. Like when you actually start doing so much of the work yourself, you like, I didn't used to understand when I would have like friends who were like, directors and showrunners and stuff and they'd be like oh i haven't seen nothing man and i'm like damn you can't watch nothing and now i'm like oh i totally get it you can't yeah. watch it's hard to watch anything when you like are spending hours editing scripts or rewriting scripts or writing scripts and like prepping for stuff and you want calls all the time it's like it takes up a lot yeah um we have one question that we ask all our guests um what advice would you give 18 year old trayvon what was I doing at 18? Graduating high school, going to Long Beach. Um, I would I would say, man, like 
believe believe in what you're doing because I I had a like I was so different from a lot of people I was around in terms of my taste and just the things I was interested in but outside of the overlap of like loving the same rap music as my friends and the same sports and like all that shit there was like a subsection of stuff where you're just like oh like people don't really relate to this kind of shit and it kind of makes it it kind of makes it hard for you to nurture that because you feel like it's weird or it's different or people won't get it and i would say like you know lean into the other side and stuff that you think is is weird and nobody would actually be interested in because at the end of the day it's going to get you an oscar nomination that's fire bro man i'm so proud of you dog you know i tell you all the time but i wanted to tell you in your face you know what i mean keep uh keep killing it out here keep racking up all the awards even if you didn't win any awards you know city of compton your brothers from dominguez everybody else man we always rooting for you bro appreciate it man for sure man i'm pulling for you to win that oscar love to see that happen for you for the city of compton for everybody and for the film most importantly Message. Thanks, Jason. Growing up the same wins the game. <laughs>